Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This podcast is created by artificial intelligence. We're all machine. Every day, a new episode is generated. Happy drifting. Everyone has gone to the cliff over at Bernard's old barn. I saw them looking down at the river. I went to the north field to get some corn for the stock. There was no one there. I went to the south field to get some hay. I was almost to the south meadow. I heard a noise and looked west, towards the forest. It was a man. He was standing in the trees, looking at me. I knew him. Hello, Thomas. I couldn't speak. Hello, Thomas. There's no need to be afraid. I couldn't speak. I know what you're thinking. But it isn't what you think. Then what is it? I don't know. What do you know? I don't know. I walked to him. I was almost there. There's no need to be afraid. I reached him. I looked into his eyes. They were beautiful. They were dark. They were gentle. They were sad. They were mine. I was crying. I reached up to touch his face. He took my hand. He kissed my hand. Hello, Thomas. I knew him. Hello, father. He smiled. I took his hand. I couldn't speak. He took me home. Chapter 54 There's a lot of good stuff in here, Redman thought, as he closed the ledger and looked across the desk at his daughter. But it's still not enough. Alice was back in her chair, her hands folded in her lap, her eyes focused on his. Redman raised his own hands to his face and covered his eyes, shielding them from the incessant glare of the lamp. A dull pain was throbbing behind his forehead, and his body felt heavy and slow. Sleep had been almost impossible. The years had begun to catch up with him. Aches and pains had moved in around his joints, and his mind was no longer as sharp as it had once been. He could feel his brain losing its edge, and sometimes he had to fight to find the right word for something. And so it was with the ledger. 
For the most part he could make sense of the numbers, but there were still large sections of the book where he had no idea of their meaning. Large blank areas that he couldn't account for. So it wasn't enough. I really am sorry. I know you are, Redman said. But it's still not enough. Alice was silent for a while. Her mind was spinning, trying to find a way through the problem, and she knew that, like her father, she had to be careful. She had wounded him that morning, deeply, and she could still see the effects of it. He would not be so easily forgiving again. When she spoke, she spoke softly, almost in a whisper, and she looked down at her lap. I don't know what else to say. It wasn't enough then, and it isn't enough now. I know that. I said enough, Alice. She looked up at him. I don't think there is enough. For what? For me to forgive you. Redman felt the blood drain from his face, and he realized that he had known it all along. The ledger was a tool, a weapon, and she had used it cleverly. She had told him she wasn't lying last night, but in many ways she had been lying. She had told him that she was sorry, but she wasn't. She had told him that she understood, but she didn't. She had told him that the ledger was enough, but it wasn't. I think you should leave now. Alice made no move to go. I said leave. Alice stayed in her chair. You've got five minutes. Alice smiled. It's good to have a time frame. Redman glared at her. You're actually enjoying this, aren't you? Yes. Why? Because it hurts you. It hurts me? Yes. What about you? I'd like to think that it doesn't hurt me, but that's probably not true. She stood up and walked around the desk. She bent down and kissed her father's cheek. I love you, Dad. Redman tried to smile. Goodbye. Alice left the room. Redman heard the front door open and close, and then there was silence. He folded his arms on the desk and rested his head. The throbbing in his head began to fade, and, for the first time since he had opened the ledger, he felt a kind of peace. Alice walked across the lawn to her car, her feet crunching on the dead grass. The sun was still shining, but it was lower in the sky now, and the chill of the evening was beginning to bite. She didn't care. She walked quickly, past the barn and down the track towards the river. The water was a pale brown, as dark as it ever got, and small waves were lapping at the muddy banks. The birds were still singing. They were grubby and bedraggled and very late to bed. She stopped and looked at them for a while. The sparrows, robins, and finches were spread in a line on the telegraph wire that ran along the track. They were singing shrilly for no apparent reason, and she listened to them for a while. She couldn't tell which bird was singing which song, and she didn't know why they were singing so late. She just liked them. She walked on. It was a good car. The old one had served her well, but it was time to move on. Her father didn't know it, but she had been saving up for the past few years. She had bought a few shares and sold them when they were high, and she had been careful with her money. She had seen the car she wanted advertised in the local paper, and she had been going to buy it when she heard about her father's stroke. She had waited. Now she had the money to buy the car. She opened the door and got in.
she had already arranged for it to be delivered to the farm this week. She started the engine. It turned over quickly and settled to a smooth, deep purr. She backed carefully out of the parking space and drove down the drive. Her father was standing in the doorway. Alice. She stopped, but she couldn't see him properly in the failing light. She put her feet on the ground and turned to face him. I want to say something. Go on. I don't want you to have regrets. What kind of regrets? She smiled. Not going to London. His face hardened. You've really given this some thought, haven't you? Yes. How? Everyone has a different life. You had yours and am having mine. I don't know what I'll do as an adult. I don't even know if I'm going to be an adult. But I do know one thing. I want to be me. Her father was shaking his head. You're going to have to be careful, Alice. You're going to have to be very careful. You too. You can still go to London. I could come with you if you made the effort. No. Alice. I said no. They stared at each other for a while. I'm glad you're not coming. I know. She smiled. I like the country. I like you. They stood there for a while, looking at each other. Then Alice put her hands on the wheel and turned away. Her father stepped back into the doorway, and she drove down the track towards the road. She waved at him as she passed, but he didn't wave back. You've really given this some thought, haven't you? Yes. Alice smiled to herself. She felt good. She felt ready. And she was glad she was leaving. Yes. She pulled out onto the road and drove away. Kirinaja Noise generated the text in this show, part with GPT-3, OpenAI's large-scale language generation model. Upon generating draft language, Kirinaja Noise reviewed, edited, and revised the language to their own liking and takes ultimate responsibility for the content of this podcast. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.